quote, multi-stakeholder capitalism is the answer to addressing our challenges holistically, Walmart CEO and Business Roundtable Chairman Doug McMillan said. Uh, 15 years ago, stakeholder capitalism might have represented a challenge to the system. Today, it is the system. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber. If you are new to the program, welcome. We are a husband and wife filmmaking team on a mission to share Christ through movies, books, podcasts, wherever we go. We are on a mission to help share the Lord and his forgiveness with everyone we come in contact with. So we specialize in making movies about the issues impacting our culture and society from a biblical perspective. You can learn more about us and the movies we're making by visiting fearlessfeatures.org. And speaking of that, I'm Amber Archer, your co-host, but and my husband, Mark Archer, is here with me. Speaking of. Speaking of. But speaking of that, DVDs are coming for our new da, 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 da. documentary film, The Mind Polluters. So it has been an interesting journey. If you're just joining us, uh, we finished The Mind Polluters, all about the comprehensive sex ed and social emotional learning through the public education system. And it's just kind of gone like wildfire in several states. And so we're excited that DVDs are finally coming. People can share these and share them with their communities, help educate, motivate, and inspire others to get involved in their local communities. So you can learn more about that by visiting themindpolluters.com. And hard copies are are actually fairly important. <laughs> these days, yes. These days, because if you've paid any attention at all to what's going on or if you followed our story you know that the online world is still largely dominated by left-leaning communists and they do not want films like ours being seen right and amazon so we've been banned we've been banned on amazon <laughs> we're not even gonna bother with the likes of netflix and truthfully most of the faith-based film distributors won't touch something like this either we talked about that on prior episode mm -hmm. and why that is and so we are on one streaming platform right now and we have dvds and there's still in-person screenings going on yeah this is we are the counterculture yeah, right. if you're listening to this you are the resistance so <laughs> right <clears throat> welcome uh, aboard yeah so you have fun things. So, yes, we are launching DVDs for the Mind Polluters. We also, in our last newsletter, if you mm -hmm. have not signed up, please visit fearlessfeatures.org and go to the bottom and click um, sign up for our newsletter. We are starting our next documentary film, mm -hmm. Dysphoria. Dysphoria. Take a gander what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. You want to tell everybody about tell everybody about Dysphoria? Sure. I mean, I can tell you what it's going to be about because we're just in the research phase but dysphoria is about the transgender movement yeah what is it where did it come from what are their goals how do we as a church protect our families mm -hmm. our kids and the fabric of our nation yeah so if you've seen the mind polluters then this is uh it's going to be another deep dive another deep dive <laughs> yeah. only this time into transgender movement and uh it is it's even more terrifying, actually, once you get into this, because we yeah. get into, you know, one of the things that, that I've been baffled by, I, I know a lot of people have, doesn't it feel like one night you went to bed and you woke up and the whole world had, had lost its mind? Yeah. And suddenly you can't even buy a cup of coffee without it being shoved in your face. And mm -hmm. where did that come from? 
Well, there's a lot of factors that have gone into it, but <clears throat> we're going to talk a little later here in this podcast about that aspect of it, what's commonly referred to as wokeonomics. Yeah. Where did all of this come from, and specifically this term called stakeholder capitalism, what it is, what it means, and what does it have to do with having LGBTQIA plus two-spirit, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Everything just shoved at you all the time. Yeah, and and actually, um, Glenn Beck had two great episodes on um, something groomer, and the other one was the funding of yeah, I, I'm the, the money behind the transgender. Yeah, movement. I'll leave yeah. a link to both of those. I don't remember the names of them specifically, but it was it's always it's always interesting watching Glenn because I think oh, we're sitting here researching the same stuff. Yeah, and his <laughs> and I think you can watch them on YouTube. Yeah, right? you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't have to necessarily be a Blaze subscriber to watch those because he puts them up on YouTube. So definitely highly recommend those. So yeah, if you want to just get a taste into what we're <clears throat> stepping yeah. into here. So dysphoria is the next, uh, the next film It will be out sometime late next year. Yep. And, uh, as we go along now, we are officially kicking off our crowdfunding campaign to raise the funds to do dysphoria. So, um, not going to belabor that too much. You, if you've been listening to us for a while, you understand these things cost money and we yep. need your help. So, and we don't, and to, we don't wait. We just go because yeah, we trust the Lord. We trust the Lord. He always provides. So it's dysphoriamovie.com. So you can visit dysphoriamovie.com. That's D Y S P H O R I A movie.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can help us out. Uh, financially support us. In, it's going to be a 14 to 16 month project. Yep. Like the other two. Yep. And uh, we would really like to have money to actually market this one. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> eh, we'll just take what we get. We you know? take what we can get. Right. So we set a goal. We set a lofty goal of what, what it really takes to do this. And then we make it, make it, make it, make it happen anyway. Yeah. So the Lord always provides. Okay. So what do you got today? We'll get to wokeonomics in a second. I have okay. a couple of, <clears throat> oh, fun things you and your news <laughs> i'm gonna start with something light and airy because oh, good. because if you're like us you maybe have children who love dinos uh-huh <clears throat> and i was just showing our daughter daughter number two of three is super into dinos and i showed her the new teaser for jurassic world uh-huh oh i haven't comes seen out, it yet comes out in june okay uh, this is from WorldNet Daily. Forget extinction. U.S. company plans to bring back woolly mammoths. Wait, now what? You're reading a real article? This is a real article, yeah. <laughs> Wool woolly mammoths might be making a comeback thanks to colossal biosciences of the great state of Texas. Oh, my word. <laughs> the Dallas-based company says it plans to take on the environmental issues that led to critical endangerment and perform the once seemingly impossible task of reviving long-extinct species. Uh, nothing can go wrong here. Colossal announced it will pioneer the use of CRISPR technology. Now, we've heard this Oh, hey, before. I've heard of that before. Yes, uh, gene editing, mm -hmm. along with other genome engineering technologies, toward a practical working model of de-extinction. <laughs> Initially focused on its long-term goals of successful restoration and rewilding. That's an interesting term. Rewilding of functional woolly mammoths. Large pro, uh, probos, probosidians, probosidians from the Ice Age to the tundra, according to a press release. <clears throat> in 
It said genetic engineering applications expand beyond animals and have the potential to advance human health, enhance food production, reduce environmental impact, and optimize animal health and welfare. Wow, that doesn't sound good at all. So, yeah, and there's this picture of these guys that, you know, definitely look like it's kind of out of Jurassic, Jurassic. Park. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's not creepy. Oh. So, so, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting that uh, it's no longer just science fiction. Now we're, we're going to bring back the woolly mammoth. Okay. So watch for that. Where does it where does it end? I mean, how many people are you going to try to bring back through their <clears throat> DNA? Yeah, that, well, that that is what they're. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm, it's like it's not science fiction. That's really no. what they want to do. Yeah, you know, Lenin is still frozen in his tomb in Red Square. So, okay. um, this is a fun one from the Blaze. College professor stops grading her students' work because it perpetuates inequity. Why do people even go to school anymore? You, you're better off to stay home and not listen to people. Honestly, you can figure it out. You get a better education. Oh, my word. An English professor at the University of Richmond claimed recently that she has abandoned the practice of grading her students' work as an exercise in social and racial e- equity. Because that's going <clears> to <throat> fix the problem. Right. <laughs> She stopped grading written assignments four years ago, and her only regret is that she didn't start sooner. Apparently, the longstanding practice has become an outdated method of educational assessment since it doesn't serve the student. Kind of like the standardized testing. Right. Let's get rid of those. (laughs) Let's see how quick they're willing to do that. She argues it is highly inequitable, demotivating, and ultimately serves only to increase student stress. Never Never mind the litany of reasons educators have opted to grade students for centuries. Yeah. Oh, I would I would love for the I, I would love for them to apply that logic to the standardized testing. There you go, there goes a bunch of funding because you know we gotta we gotta make sure that everybody has enough funding in these areas because these kids they need they need help. I would love for them to apply logic. Period. <laughs> That's too much to ask. <laughs> Well, once you get your PhD, we know what, so we all know what BS stands for. Uh-huh. And then MS is not Masters of Science. It's more of the same. Yeah. PhD. Piled higher and deeper. Piled higher and deeper. So. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> <clears throat> and those are the people that run the universities. Uh, this one's fun. Fox, Fox News. Rachel Levine. That's the the guy. The who's dude the, in the dress. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. Wait, it's health and human services or what is his department? Assistant secretary of health. Okay. Got it. Um, says pediatricians all agree on importance of gender affirming care for children. <laughs> no, wrong, <laughs> false. Where, where's, where's my fact checkers? <clears throat> I mean, come on. Oh. The, the science is settled. <laughs> Assistant Secretary of Health, Duden Address Levine, the highest ranking tranny in the U.S. government, claimed during a recent interview with NPR. <laughs> Wait, that, those the, words, that's not really in there, is it? <laughs> no. Okay. This is my version. Okay. NPR, the bastion of honest reporting, <laughs> that, quote, there is no argument about gender affirming care among pediatricians and doctors who specialize in adolescence. Lie. 
Levine made the comments ahead of a Saturday speech at Texas Christian University. Oh, my word. During which Levine blamed the high suicidal ideation among transgender identifying youth in part on harassment, scapegoating, and intentional abuse. The language of medicine and science is being used to drive people to suicide, Levine also claimed. How about constantly confusing them in the classroom is driving them to high levels of suicide? They have no idea what to even believe anymore. You're not telling the truth. Yeah. The Babylon Bee, one of our favorites, Uh was locked out of its popular Twitter account after the social media juggernaut accused the satirical site of violating its own rules against hateful conduct. Over the joke, naming U.S. Assistant Secretary for Health Dr. Rachel Levine the website's man of the year. (laughs) (laughs) And there's an, there was another article about him. I got to dig it up in my, in my history. That's the thing. Just because you guys want to play pretend doesn't mean the rest of us have to go along with it. Whatever. No, there's this interesting article with pictures all about him and who he really is. Mm. That he actually, uh, there's pictures of him before he decided to be, to play dress up. Uh huh. And he was married, has multiple children. I feel so sad for his family. Yeah, left his wife and his children, oh abandoned word. his entire family, and decided to play dress up. Pray for these people. <clears throat> that's all that's all we can do is pray, oh, yeah. pray, pray for these people. <sighs> Coffee. Coffee. What's next? <laughs> Moving Another on. The last one I got here from Fox News Legal Group. And this is interesting because this goes along with what we have in the mind polluters legal group urges probe into whether Missouri schools gathering personal student info without parental consent. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and guess who's mentioned in this? Panorama. Panorama. Oh, yes. So if anybody doesn't know, Panorama, is it Panorama Ed? Panorama Ed. Org? I think. Or- Just do a search for Panorama Education. Yeah. And anyway, so they're the survey company who works with schools and collects a bunch of data on your children and their mental health. Uh, The Southeastern Legal Foundation called for an investigation Sunday into whether a school district is violating the privacy rights of students and their families by having students fill out surveys that include questions about their sexual orientation and the political beliefs of their parents. Oh, see? Here we go. Fast forward. The surveys are often created and conducted by third parties. Panorama Education, Inc. and Project Wayfinder helped administer the surveys to the Webster Groves School District. The spokesperson for the school district said they have a service order with Panorama for a cost of $19,000 next year. According to the websites from the two groups, they both employ social, emotional, Learning. Imagine that. To improve the school's curriculum and the students' education. Uh-huh. It's funny. I, I remember seeing something about this in a documentary film. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> what was it that the, it was called the Mind Polluters? And they talked about this. Uh-huh. And there was a guy in there specifically, Alex Newman, who mm-hmm. talked about how they use the results that they gather from these surveys to then shape the lesson plans for those schools to move them more towards... Mold them more into what the government wants. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <clears throat> the WGSD uses Wayfinders Waypoints weekly surveys, which are conducted in an... Weekly. Did you hear that? Weekly, weekly surveys. surveys. 
conducted in an advisory class at the school. Students are given a prompt in which they then rank on a scale of one to five, one being the lowest and five being the highest. The prompts focused on such topics like mental health, self-awareness, community relationships, agency. I don't know what they mean by agency and energy. Um, That's an interesting term. Maybe it goes with their ESG score. Here, here you want some samples of questions? (laughs) Yeah. On one to five, I feel safe to talk about race, culture, and identity at school. No. (laughs) Uh, One to five. Oh. One to five, I feel supported by my family. No. Uh, Next question. I feel safe to talk about race, culture, and identity. So wait, wait, wait. What's the, um, what do they have? What they call it? The action plan? What's the action plan then (laughs) if you answer no? I mean, especially you're asking kids. So if you just don't even care and you're just answering one on everything, Mm -hmm. and then what happens? Then they hold it against you. Hmm? In addition, the school district required middle school students to fill out student-created surveys, which included topics on... LGBTQIA oh plus word. struggles and racial identity that promoted the Black Lives Matter logo. And you know what BLM wow. stands for? Well, don't ask some members of the family. BLM. By large mansions. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 That's what right. it is. Um, parents told the SLF that their kids were required to take these surveys and the organization exclusively provided Fox News with screenshots from the parents of some surveys the school gave to students. And there's, we'll link to this. When, uh, well, that's interesting that they said it was required because mm-hmm. we haven't seen it in the research we've done. We've not seen any of these surveys that have been required now. So It depends on the school district and the state. Yeah. And what they've agreed to the terms with when they signed the, the contract mm-hmm. with Panorama. Yeah. Right. Wow. Okay. So, Anyway, so. So, so you, part, you have a book review? I have, well, sort of. I'm not okay. all the way through it yet, but this is something that I think is interesting to talk about because trying to understand what in the world it means when we talk about um, stakeholder capitalism. So, and this is one of those terms that has been thrown around. And to be honest, I couldn't quite understand myself what stakeholder capitalism is even supposed to mean i grew up uh understanding shareholder capitalism um well and let me just point out mm -hmm. doing research for the mind polluters and into all the education you find out that all of that language is used in the department of education stakeholder capitalism is a part of the education system right so so i want you to pay particular attention to this and i am going to uh, i love how dan bongino says that we always bring the receipts (laughs) so so this is i am sharing with you uh, i'm going to share some quotes directly from a very good book that you should read if you want to know more about it it's called woke inc we'll leave a link in the show notes vivek vivek ramaswamy he's been on a lot of shows lately it's a it's an excellent read Um, so let me read some quotes from the book and then just remember this, this term stakeholder capitalism and and specifically stakeholders, Mm -hmm. because as you study things like social, emotional learning, comprehensive sex ed, 
and you start to see these terms everywhere. And you even now start to hear these in the church. Yeah. Stakeholder. Well, what does this mean? Here's so I'm quoting from um, Woke Inc. Here's how it works. Pretend like you care about something other than profit and power precisely to gain more of each. Uh Another quote from him. Big business has figured out that it can make money by critiquing itself. First, you start praising gender diversity. Next, you criticize Wall Street's lack of it, even though you are Wall Street. Finally, Wall Street somehow gets to be the leader in the fight against big corporations. It gets to become its own watchman and, even better, get paid to do it. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Well, we say that all the time. Arsonist and firefighter at the same time. You create all these problems at right. school, and then you've suddenly got the solution for right. all these kids who are confused. Right. So, um, now what is stakeholder capitalism? All right. So, I'm quoting again. Stakeholder capitalism. The trendy idea that companies should serve not just their shareholders, but also other interests and society at large. All right. It had been this, and this is this is fairly recent. This was very fringe up until uh, about 2020. Right, started hearing about it in the years leading up to it. But I'm sure it was in the schools way before that. I'm sure. If I, if I, if I go back and look, I'm pretty sure we could find it. <laughs> right. So, so you can always you can always find there 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 are there are little. Uh, signs of a movement coming along and then you can always find in these massive movements these these huge events that take place that that make the titanic move mm-hmm. right and so in the world of business <clears throat> if you are an entrepreneur you're going to understand this very well if you're not then a little bit of you know just business 101 when you start a company, one of the reasons that you start a that you form a corporation, for example, and there's many forms of it. There's S corps and C corps and LLCs and partnerships. Anyway, but it's it's to to protect you from liability issues. And so we do this in the film industry. We do this all the time. Every project that you do is its own LLC, mm-hmm. and that is to you don't want everything under the same in other words that all the contracts are under a specific llc so that if there's any problem with something like that that you're not exposing your whole product line right your whole catalog so it's the same thing you know take if you're a, a plumber for example and you start your own plumbing company you want to have some liability protection what happens if you do a plumbing job and then it leaks and it ruins somebody's floor and comes through the ceiling and then they sue you mm-hmm. right well you want that legal protection so that they can't take your house and your right. car and everything that it's limited to the company so you also have insurance and <clears throat> all those other things and you should know what you're doing but that being said um when you when you take on investors then investors into a for-profit venture, they it's a simple exchange. I give you money that you're going to use to build the infrastructure of this company, and in return, I own a piece of the company. Mm-hmm. That's a shareholder. And so you don't have to, 
do what's called an IPO, which is initial public offering. That's where you go on the New York Stock Exchange. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do that to have shareholders. You can start a small corporation and you can bring on shareholders. And usually sole proprietors will form a a corporation and they own 100% of the stock. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's, and you can, you can do that quite easily. So, so where did this notion of stakeholders come from? So here's, I'm reading out of Woke Inc. At the end of 2018, the business round table, the top lobbying group for America's largest corporations overturned a 22 year old policy statement that said a corporation's paramount purpose is to share, serve its shareholders. That is its sole purpose, is yeah. to serve its shareholders. It's it's designed to generate revenue for its shareholders. In its place, its 181 members signed and issued a commitment to lead their companies for the benefit of all stakeholders. Not only shareholders, but also customers, suppliers, employees, and communities. Wait, but I didn't ask you for that. <laughs> Oh, but you're going to get it. Quote, (laughs) multi-stakeholder capitalism is the answer to addressing our challenges holistically. Walmart CEO and Business Roundtable Chairman Doug McMillan said. Uh, Fifteen years ago, stakeholder capitalism might have represented a challenge to the system. Today, it is the system. So that's one of those major moments, right? So Mm -hmm. if you so if you can. Think about Walmart, the largest retailer in the world. They're right up there with Amazon. I don't know if Amazon's actually bigger now. But think of all of the the other businesses that a company like Walmart touches, Mm -hmm. right? Anyone, any other company that's supplying... Think about the bread companies, the right. clothing companies, all the produce, of the groceries, like everything. You know, lawnmowers and car batteries and tires and clothing. Your local and, milk. I mean, right. we have Prairie Farms. Right. And Every store literally dealing with thousands of vendors. Mm-hmm. And then add into that all of the employees. And so, and the point that he makes in the first few chapters of his book is there's a difference between being socially responsible as a business owner and this notion of stakeholder capitalist activism. Mm -hmm. Socially responsible is I'm going to start a mining company and I'm going to be careful not to dump toxic sludge into the river, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Because I don't want to poison everybody that lives in the town. Right. Uh, Stakeholder capitalism says, no, that's not enough. Now we have to have our company values. These are our Walmart values. And if you want to work here, you must also embrace these values. And it sounds really good on the surface. Oh, well, we stand for this and this and this and this until they start changing these values. And it becomes, well, now we stand for gay rights and you're a Christian and you go, well, I don't. I don't subscribe to that. And they say, ooh, sorry. If you want to work here, you're going to have to go along with our company values. Well, not too long ago, they did that with the uh, shot, with the COVID shot. Right. 
Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, You saw that on steroids with the COVID shot. Mm -hmm. So uh, this new model of capitalism demands a dangerous expansion of corporate power that threatens to subvert American democracy. So and now this goes back then to what we were talking about last week about Elon Musk and Twitter. Yeah. Everybody's talking about this and we're going, I don't really care, but we have to we have to pay attention to this for a, a few reasons because this is indicative of you, you see how the left is coming so unhinged over this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're literally going on on television saying well we can't just have people being able to say whatever they want uh-huh that's just you can't just do that actually you can that's called the first amendment of the united states they don't even know what that is don't right. to that it applies to them, but not to anybody else. Okay, so here's a, a, to to wrap this up because there's a lot more of this that we can talk about. But I just wanna I want to give you an uh, just an overview of what this whole notion of stakeholder capitalism means, and what it really means is that now the 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 corporate CEOs start to subvert the democratic process. Right, they're trying to now impose morality on society. Mm-hmm. And you see this, like my favorite example is like Starbucks. It used to be you could just go into Starbucks and get a cup of coffee. But now when you go into Starbucks to get a cup of coffee, if you have any conscience as a Christian at all, you realize that you kind of cringe because you're going, you're giving money to Planned Parenthood. You're giving it to Gleason. I mean, you're you're giving because they donate all this money mm-hmm. to these these gay rights causes and, and pro-abortion everything. Because they they have made that their stakeholder capitalism company values. Um, So here's an interesting quote. When CEOs tell people what they're supposed to think about moral questions, then people stop believing that their own opinions really matter. In other words, they stop believing in the system. I want to end with this. Jamie Dimon, who is the CEO of J.P. Morgan, spoke to an audience at a... uh, at a big event for startup companies. Another CEO asked him, quote, would you ever consider running for president? Diamond didn't miss a beat. He said, quote, I would love to be president. I just don't like the idea of running for president. This bypass the system. Right. Diamond couldn't have better summarized the motives of many CEOs who embrace stakeholder capitalism. It allows them to exercise quasi-political power without having to go through the hassle of getting elected. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk more about this as we go, but that plays into what you're seeing happen with Disney. Mm-hmm. And finally, somebody pushed back. Yeah. And <laughs> they are losing billions of dollars over this mm-hmm. because they've forgotten that the point of their company is to protect their shareholders, mm-hmm. is to generate revenue for their shareholders. Now, you know, and, and what were they started for in the first? It's supposed to be the happiest place on earth. Right. You no longer are the happiest place on earth. Right. It's re- you're repulsive. Yeah. And so you're, you're seeing it all of the. I remember when, uh, you know, a few years ago when there was this massive shift and suddenly all these massive retail establishments were all on board with the transgender restroom policy. And I remember. Target. Yeah, I remember. Right. Target yeah. came out and said, well, we're going to this is now our policy. And and I remember seeing an article a week or two later that the CEO was shocked 
at the backlash. Right. They lost billions of dollars in revenue because people said, I'm not taking my children in there. Yeah. And they, I mean, Target's uh, value just went down in the toilet. Mm -hmm. And that's why. And they were shocked because these CEOs don't live in reality with the rest of us. Right. Right. They, they live in these echo chambers and... And it goes up even further than that, but we'll get into that on another podcast. Yeah. So that is what stakeholder capitalism means, is that um, they want to shape society by forcing you to adhere to their woke values. Mm -hmm. And you're not allowed to buy from them unless you adhere to their woke values. Mm -hmm. That's stakeholder capitalism. Yeah. Well, you guys, thank you so much for sticking around to the end. That's all the time we have for today. We will talk to you again next week. And be sure to visit themindpolluters.com to pre-order your copy of The Mind Polluters. And we will talk to you again next week. Mm -hmm.